Chapter 12, Part 2 Barney is rummaging in cupboards and stuffing things into his pockets. Metal syringes, packets of needles, small bottles filled with liquid. That's not water, is it? I say puzzled. Barney looks at me and I get the feeling he wishes I hadn't seen what he's doing. It's a drug, he says. Dentists use it to stop their patients feeling pain. I know, I say. My mum had it once. Barney comes over and crouches down so his face level is level with mine. I don't want you or any of the others to touch this, he says, holding up one of the little bottles. It's very dangerous. Only dentists should touch it. Why is it so dangerous, I ask. If a person takes too much, says Barney, they go into very deep sleep and never wake up. Something about the way he says it makes me shiver, but at least his patients will have something else to to dull their pain when I'm in the countryside with Mum and Dad and Zelda and can't tell them stories. I remember why we're here. I'll look in the other rooms for water, I say. There's a bathroom down the hall, says Barney. We go into the bathroom and straight away I can see we're in luck. The bath is full of water. I scoot some out with one of my buckets. Hang on, says Barney, taking the bucket from me and tipping the water back. Someone's had a bath in that. It's dirty. Better not risk it. I stare at the water, confused. That's not dirty. It's just a bit soapy with a few hairs in it. One person's been in that. Two tops. If Barney wants to see dirty water, he should go to an orphanage on bath night. There's there's not even any grit in this, as far as I can see. See if there's any food in the kitchen, says Barney. I'll fill the buckets from this. He's lifting the lid off the toilet cistern, which I have to admit is a good idea. Two buckets of clean water, at least. I go down the hall to the kitchen wondering why there are cooking utensils on the whole floor. In the kitchen, things are even worse. The floor is covered with broken plates and bits of cooked food. I crouch down, wondering if Barney is going to be fuzzy about food. Fussy about food. That's been on the floor. Then I realise there's someone else in the room. Oh, it's a little kid about two in a, about two in a high chair. I can't tell if it's a girl or a boy because there's too much blood on the little body. Oh, I scream for Barney. He comes running in and he almost falls over himself when he sees the poor horrible sight. But then he grabs me and drags me out into the hall. It's a little kid, I sob. They shouldn't shoot little kids. Shh, says Barney. He sounds like he's sobbing too. He pushes my face into his coat. Why... Why didn't the parents do something, I sob. Why didn't they take their kid to the countryside? Barney is shaking. He hugs me very hard. Sometimes, he says, his voice shaking as well. Parents can't protect their kids even though they love them more than anything in the world. Sometimes, even when they try their very hardest, they can't save them. I can feel Barney's tears falling onto me. For a while, he doesn't say anything, just strokes my head. I stroke his hand. Something tells me he needs it too. Your mum and dad loved you, Felix, says Barney. They did everything that they did everything they could to protect you. Loved. Why is he saying that? 
as if it's in the past. I'm going to find them, I say. I'm going to live in the countryside with them. I know it. I feel Barney giving me a painful sigh. There is no countryside, he says quietly. The Nazis aren't taking anyone to the countryside. They're taking Jews away to kill them. I stare up at them. I stare up at him. What? That's the stupidest story I think I've ever heard. Didn't he, didn't he hear the Nazi soldier said the Jewish people outside the window? I kick and struggle to get myself out of his grip so I can go and find mum and dad before the Nazis take them to the countryside. But Barney is holding me too tight. His arms are too strong. I can't get away. It's true, Felix, he says. His voice sounds like he's at a funeral. How do you know? I yell at him. Um, somebody escaped from one of the death camps, he says. This man came to the ghetto to the ghetto to try and warn the rest of us. My head is hurting. Death camps? You're making this up, I yell at Barney. If it was true, you would have warned the people living tonight. I feel his chest heaving for a long time before he answers. They wouldn't have believed me, he says. They didn't believe the man from the death camp, not even after the Nazis killed him. And I need to believe so I can take care of you and the others. It's on Barney's face. I can see it. He's telling the truth. Oh, Mum. Oh, Dad. My imagination goes in, into a frenzy, trying to think up ways for them to escape, places for them to hide, reasons why n none of this happened to them. Every time I start to think of something, I remember the poor little kid in the kitchen. Barney is still holding me tight and I can feel the metal spring, spring syringes in his coat pocket pressing against my cheek. Suddenly I want him to stick out one, suddenly I want him to stick one of the syringes into me so I can go into a deep sleep and never wake up and feel this bad and feel this bad ever again. Thank you for listening to chapter 12, part 2.